Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just James. It's your host, James. I wasn't here last week, guys. I'm so sorry. And I, I was away. And I forgot to put up my podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was me. Uh, you're not the problem. I am. <laughs> and I apologize. And um, I only thought about it on Friday morning and then thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to leave it for the week. So I'm sorry for all my regulars that wait so patiently for my podcast. I, it's my fault. I don't know how I forgot to put it up. But anyway, I did. Um, and I was, as I mentioned, I was away. I went and saw some family uh, and had a really, really lovely family weekend. Had a um, croquet competition with my family. So we did eight rounds of croquet with uh, four of us in a, in a round. Um, so like, so basically did 16 games of croquet with my family, which was amazing fun. Got to spend time with my nephew, but yeah, it was lovely. Got back Sunday. And the thing is like, I've been on this health kick. I've been absolutely focused on losing weight and doing a hundred day challenge. Uh, I'm on day 63 or 64. I can't remember now. Um, and the thing is that I had so much like desserts and wines and great food, but I am really struggling with my motivation this week. Not for gymming because I'm I'm quite into the 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 mindset of that, but it's just the actual motivation of working and you know doing things and not just wanting to lie down on the couch because I just feel shattered after the weekend. And you know, for somebody like me who lives alone. You know, I'm only ever really around one person at a time, if one person. Uh, you know, I work from home, I live from home. I'm kind of a very, like, isolated person. I used to be very social when I was younger. And I would say after COVID, a lot changed. I changed, I sort of moved away from a lot of friends. I've spoken about this quite a lot. Um, and I'm definitely, definitely becoming more and more of a loner, if you know, I love being around my friends. I do, but in small doses. I think. I think that's. I think that's the key for me these days. Is that, and I almost need to retreat, and recover. Whereas, you know, if I'm with somebody for days at a time, it's very like overwhelming for me after a while because it's tiring. It's tiring having to talk to somebody constantly when you're not used to it. I think if you have a home with a family and kids and, you know, there's people around you constantly or you're married or, you know, you have somebody in your face all the time in a good way, um, you almost become like um, conversation fit. If I, can, if I can make that up and make that a thing because when you're by yourself a lot, you – don't have to be conversation for you don't have to keep talking all the time and it's actually mentally very draining which is not a you know I love my family I'd never ever fault spending time with them in any possible way like don't don't get me wrong don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say I'm just saying it's extremely exhausting so by the end of the weekend I'm just tired I'm really knackered I'm shattered um but all good. I've just seen well, but this wasn't in my topic for for my podcast. But um, I've just seen an article. I was quickly scrolling through the Daily Mail, you know, just having a little peep 
at the trash before I sort of put my put myself down and write this podcast, recorded this podcast. Um, and they were saying that there's this new scam going around in Wales of all places, in a borough in Wales, where people are leaving Christmas gnomes in people's gardens. And they were like, well, this makes no sense. What are the gnomes for? It's absolutely ridiculous. And apparently it's because if you take the gnome and bring it indoors, then the burglars know that somebody's actively in that house. Whereas if um, the gnome stays there for a day or two, they know you're on holiday, they know you're not in, and they're burgling these homes. So if you suddenly get a random little gnome or a random little string or creature or something in your garden, just take note of it because there's, you know, it could definitely be something that the burglars are, are looking into. And I don't want any of my listeners to get harmed in any possible way. So just take that into account for for something if, you know, you see something abnormal in your garden lately. But, you know, coming away from a long weekend, being away, I've had so much more sugar, I've had alcohol, uh, you know, I'm not sticking to any workout routine and it's Tuesday and I'm, I'm definitely not in a great mood and it's not good. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I think the endorphins from gymming and eating healthy and all of that definitely change your positivity levels, but I'm definitely like a little bit grumpy and I think there's ways that we can help maybe get out of a bad mood, uh, to drag yourself into a positive mood. And I thought, why don't we talk about it this week? Because we all have bad days. We all have days when we just don't feel ourselves, where there's something annoying us, something frustrating us. And as a result, we can spend the whole day in a bad mood and then feel frustrated for things that somebody's done or somebody, you know, and you can sometimes struggle to snap out of it. And I'm definitely like in that mood. Like I almost like don't know how to step myself out of being in a shitty mood today. But I think others around you, can also put you in a bad mood, unfortunately. You know, if you've got a really rude boss, or I had a boss that used to like sigh all the time, and she used to be so grumpy. And then, like, she'd be absolutely foul for a day or two, and then she'd be lovely again. But she'd like sigh as she walked past you, and it just changed the whole mood of the office. I worked in an open plan office, and it always stuck in my mind about how her, her mood affected everybody around her. And I've never forgotten it and thought, you know, if I was ever a boss, if I was ever in charge, I would so not do that. And it's always stuck in my mind. But, you know, being a bad mood, I think <sighs> talking to somebody about it, I'm talking to you guys and taking your problems to somebody that can maybe make you feel a bit better after, you know, if sometimes you just need to speak it out and talk about it and get it out of your system and problem share and maybe somebody can actually give you good advice or help you, you know, even if you scream or cry or, you know, keeping things bottled up often darkens your mood. Whereas if you actually talk about it and go, you know what, I'm in such an awful mood and this is why X, Y, Z, Z and Q, um, it can help you. And I think exercise is another great thing. I did a Pilates class this morning, but it still hasn't shaken this mood. And I do think that maybe it's because I need to release a bit more endorphins. Maybe I need to do... I just got a call and had to stop recording my podcast. So I'm hoping that it didn't actually leave a little line in the podcast because you know me. I just do one take. I really believe in this just being authentic and just me talking to you in one go. How I feel, what I say, I I just think it's more authentic 
to just to just do everything in one big take and not edit my podcast because I just feel like if you have to edit it and take out things you're saying, what are you saying wrong? What are you why why is there this need for perfection? And I just don't want that in my podcast. So my phone rang. I paused the podcast and I quickly had a call and then was like, oh my goodness, I hope you don't notice that I suddenly went quiet or if you could hear the phone ringing. I don't know because my phone is on silent. Uh, so you wouldn't have heard it ringing anyway. But sorry about that. Everybody, I know you would never have even known if I hadn't have told you. You know, that's the worst part. But I just thought, you know, I'd rather just be authentic and tell you everything and no, it's going on. But in my head, I've now lost track of what I was actually saying to you. So I think I was talking about exercise and how exercise and the endorphins are really good for moods. And you know what? Talking about moods with you guys, I can already feel my moods feeling better. I can already feel it's lifted. I can already feel like getting it out of my system and just saying I'm having a bad day has really helped. And I think this is my whole point of talking to somebody, telling somebody. Did you know that make it, that eating chocolate can make you feel better? And I mean, I'm not justifying eating chocolate. If you're feeling low, chocolate can actually change your mood, change your serotonin. It's like the bod, the brain's natural like pick me up. So if you find that chocolate does the trick for you, then it's not a bad thing. You'll sort the end. You know, it's. It, I would say just have a little bit. Don't overindulge because then you're going to feel bad and you're going to feel guilty, and then you're not going to help the mood at all. But I think, uh, you know, there's so many beautiful things that you can do. Why don't you play some really positive, happy music? Put your favorite tunes on, you know, your anything that's going to make you bop and make you feel happy. Bop? How old am I? How old am I? Bop. Um, But draw out your bad mood. Dance around your house. Sing to your neighbors. Tell your cat how you feel. Uh, Get more light. Sometimes just getting... You know, in winter in the UK, I live in London, in winter it gets light by like 8 o'clock in the morning, it gets dark by like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and you just sometimes feel like you live in this like perpetual darkness. But then in summer we've got the opposite, it's like beautiful and bright from 5 in the morning till like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, it's beautiful. So seasonal depression is a thing, it's actually a thing, and you know, trying to get more light in your life, daylight, get outside, improve your mood. While the sun's out there, take, go out, see it, take time out. Sometimes you just need a break. Sometimes you are heading towards burnouts. Sometimes you need a holiday. You need to take some time out, take half an hour, go soak in the bath, go for a little walk, just soothe your brain and your body. And sometimes that can really help. And I think you've got to avoid people that put you in a bad mood. It might be obvious. It might be something that we don't think about. But it's like that boss of mine that was just so miserable. It's trying to stay away from people that are going to drain you and leave you in a bad mood. And the best way to avoid these people is to maybe just have minimum contact for a little while. And then instead, counteract, make contact with positive people. The flip side of avoiding negative people is to taking the contact with positive ones. There's people out there that are positive influences on all of us. And sometimes we just need to absorb their happiness, absorb their energy, 
and just surround yourself with people that are a little bit more positive. Getting a pet can be a really good way. And I'm not encouraging getting a pet. There are many expenses involved in, in owning a pet. And impulse decisions of getting a pet when you're in a bad mood is certainly not something that I would recommend for anybody. And I do believe that a pet is for life. So, you know, if I think it is something that can really help, you know, stroking a pet can lower heart rates, it can make you calmer, there's a lot of benefits behind, you know, having a dog, taking a dog for a walk, exercising and all of that sort of stuff and it can certainly boost the mood. So if you go on to borrow my dog, go onto websites where you can loan a pet if it's better for you than taking the true lifetime commitment of having a pet. But I think happy thoughts. And if you can give yourself time to just come out of your mood, you need to dig out some old photographs, you need to rid yourself of things around you that are negative and replace them with good things. Things can really come down to choice. And I think choosing to think of happy or unhappy thoughts or vice versa. Look, I don't suffer from depression. I don't suffer from mental illnesses that I'm aware of besides my bitchiness. But all of these things around you, I, I realize that there are deeper things and just being like, oh, think positively and happy and you will be positive and happy is not always possible. I do get that. I'm talking about the best case scenario in an ideal world. If we could just simply wish ourselves happy, I do understand that that's not always possible. And I do understand that that's not a realistic thing to say. So I'm just saying for for an ideal world situation. And I'm the worst at this. When I start worrying about something, I can't stop worrying about something. So, but there are causes for unhappiness and trying to stop worrying about something I know is so much easier said than done. But hopefully if you could, if you could, you know, worry less or switch it off or put it in a box, I think that's the optimal way that's going to help you. And I think anyone can become upbeat and optimal with right techniques and the right sort of scenarios. And I think we all have different worries and fears and things going on in our own lives. We all are suffering with the financial crisis at the moment. We all have burdens that are on our shoulders and that are making us less positive. But I think to have an optimistic outlook and trying to help ourselves with immediately trying to lessen our bad moods is maybe something to look at. And if it's something that's that's consistent and something that is certainly becoming more and more of a regular technique or, you know, issue within yourselves, you know, maybe seek some guidance, maybe seek a professional that can help. But hopefully we can just get out of our little bad moods and get in a better mood like I am now. I'm so happy and excited because I've spoken to you about it telling you about it. I feel happier. So I want to thank you because you listening to this podcast has already lifted my mood. So thank you, everybody. I'm trying to get back into gym after being at my family for the weekend. I have been good. I went to gym Monday and Tuesday, but I definitely feel like I've picked up weight this weekend. I just ate what I wanted to eat. I had all the snacks. I had all the booze. And I'm trying to get back into it and taking it easy. Sometimes, especially if you've been away from the gym for a long time, I think trying not to do too much is going to overwhelm you. You know what the worst thing is? It's like when you started a new gym and you go and have that first like initial PT session and they overwork you. 
because they're trying to show what they can do for you. But then for like three, four days after, you physically can't move. And then I don't find it encouraging. It doesn't make me want to go back because I'm so freaking sore. I don't want to do that again. So I think taking it easy, think about your fitness levels, be realistic to your fitness levels. And if you can push yourself, you don't want to injure yourself and then you can't gym at all anyway. And then find exercises that you enjoy. You know, if you're struggling with motivation, then join a class. I love workout classes. I think it's the best way for me to find friends in the gym, find like-minded people and sort of build a little community behind yourself. And it, sometimes it's too hard to do it on your own. Find somebody that might be interested in, in training with you that's got the same positive attitude. You know, you, there's some beginner exercises to get back into gym. You could do 20 minutes of strength training and toning. You could do 30 minutes of cardio just to get your heart rate up, like the treadmill or the bike or the elliptical or the cross trainer, any of those. You can do 10 minutes of strength of strength, of stretching and, and warming down, all of those things are going to loosen your muscles. And especially like if you have any aches and pains from not being in the gym for a while. And I think if you prepare from the night before, if you wake up and get your stuff ready, put yourself into your gym clothes that you're ready to go, then your mindset is, oh, I have to go. I'm already in the gym. I mean, I'm already in my gym clothes. And 10 minutes is good enough. You know, sometimes it's really daunting to get back into the gym, but sometimes just walking in, walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes, that's going to help get you into the routine of just going and just, just getting through the door. I think that's the most important part of breaking that mindset of just going to the actual gym as well. And hopefully that's going to help all of us get through there. You know, I went away with some family this weekend um, and I've got a very close family. I'm very fortunate. I grew up with with a very loving home. But, you know, there are scenarios where not everybody in their family gets along. There's always going to be some underlying trauma, underlying issues that steed back to childhood, you know. And I was thinking about a specific family member who um, – we've got a very long history and our history is very complicated but we we love each other because we're family but we love each other because we've been through a lot um and we got into like a little bit of a heated tiff and I, and I think it's just it's not a tiff it was more like it was just irritation it was tiredness it was hangry um and there was just a bit of agitation but it was like it was almost like coming if that makes sense it was if it wasn't today, it would have been any day. Um, but I think that if when you – family is so complicated sometimes. And I think that sometimes we – in order to forgive family and set boundaries with family, I think we all in some sense maybe do have dysfunctional families. But there's one thing in common, and I think that despise, despise despite the dysfunctionality is – no family is perfect and I think that family can be stressful and family can be can repair and I think you can build healthy relationships with family members like we've done but I think that you have to learn to set healthy boundaries and to try and determine what kind of boundaries you need to put into your place and for your family members there needs to be a self-reflection 
and understanding that no family is alike and everybody's experiences and everybody's family and everybody's upbringing and previous trauma are all going to be different. And there can be a lot of unlearning that has to be done. And parents are not always a success. I think that there's always room for growth and for change within yourself and your relationships, but understanding that without communication, there is no moving forward. I think, I keep saying I think, I think it's because this is my opinion, is probably what that is, why I keep saying I think, and it's, I'm reflecting on the way I feel, and I think that's why I keep saying I think, but just imagine that you and your family are having a massive fight, you're brawling, you're fighting, and there doesn't seem to be any improvement, you all know each other's weaknesses, you all know each other's trigger points, and forgiveness can be a really hard thing to sometimes do. It can be a really hard way to find a resolution. And there isn't simply I forgive you. There needs to be work done on yourself and for those family members around you. And everybody has to find some sort of common ground. But below all these tips of forgiving your family and sort of a conversation with family, boundary setting, I think they, there needs to be a reflection what is it worth? Is it worth keeping your family? You know, sometimes you can choose your own family. You don't have to stick with the family that you were bloodily brought into this world through. I think determining what you need from a relationship and asking yourself, what are your beliefs? What are your values? And what are your coping mechanisms that are required to maintain a relationship with these family members? And recognizing where it all stems from and you can see if you have any choice in the matter. And if you don't, you don't have to stay in a family. You don't. You can make your own. Communication is so important. And open communication, I think, will start to begin setting boundaries. There's a stage where you, where you, I, everybody, maybe has to acknowledge feelings you know, what, what is normalizing? What is, what is okay for all of you? And model the communication from a therapeutical perspective that you can engage your loved ones. So try saying something like, I've just noticed you seem uncomfortable about that. Let's talk about it. And you can create a safe space for everybody to discuss and improve when articulating your feelings. And I think communication is so important. If you can tell people how you're feeling, what you're feeling, Sometimes that's needed. It takes time. Know that it's never too late to repair any issues between your families, especially if it's strained. There's always a chance to try and reconcile with your family. Sometimes boundaries will be met with resistance, and that's normal. That's okay. This, If the relationship is important to you, you have to also keep adjusting those boundaries and determine, you know, determining what might be right for you. People, you can't control everybody, and especially somebody that you've grown up with, somebody that's known you for 20, 30, 40 years. Sometimes they know you better than you understand. But offer understanding as well. Sometimes I'm a very hard person. I'm a very set in my ways. I'm very opinionated. I, When I've decided something, I've decided, and that can be it. And whether that's right or wrong, it's not always right. Sometimes I'm the one that has to find the understanding. I'm the one that has to find the boundaries and maybe move my expectation and boundaries because I'm being unreasonable. And vice versa, that you will always have somebody that's in the right and somebody that's in the wrong. And 
the recognition and acknowledgement that their work has to be done can create a healthier relationship. Healing is, a, is not linear. And understanding can revert back to their old behaviors is normal. You have to set your attitude and your expectations that boundaries and adjustments need to suit everybody's needs. But setting boundaries is very brave and it's a really personal choice. But you need to hold on to the power. And if you cannot get any resolution, then maybe try uh, children and family services or a psychologist that deals with family issues and finding somebody that's going to be neutral that can help both sides in this, in this whole conversation and argument. Sometimes that's just needed. Um, and good luck because I think we, all of our families are crazy. We're all crazy. And it just, it sometimes just needs, sometimes you just have to be the bigger person in order to make things move. And I hope that that helps you. I really, really, really do. But let's find out together and be there for each other. But guys, I can't remember if last week's conundrum was a double tree. I think it was this. A tree doubled in height each year until it reaches its maximum height over the course of 10 years. How many years did it take for the tree to reach half its maximum height? Now, nobody guessed it. Nobody got it. So I don't think this was a really good conundrum. And I apologize for that. But the answer was nine years. So this week, I'm going to go a little bit softer. I'm not going to go so hardcore. Let's find a much more fun conundrum that everybody can guess where I think if I'm going too difficult and too hard, uh, nobody's going to, they don't want to, you don't want to play. So what can fill a room but doesn't take up space? What can fill a room and doesn't take up space? So send me your uh, answers to Just James Podcast on my Instagram and I will get, give you guys uh, some answers on there. I, because I've been away and I haven't literally done anything, I'm not following anybody new on social media. I'm not seeing anybody new. So if you're looking for a social media page, come and find mine. It's jambug underscore. And that's on TikTok, uh, jam, jambug underscore uh, on TikTok. So come find me. I just talk about dogs. I haven't posted in a while, but at least I'm, I'm on there. So give me a follow. But guys, real change and enduring change happen one step at a time. Let's take one step forward this week for ourselves to change our moods, to change our exercise routines, to change our relationships with our families, to change our eating habits, to change our relationships, our work lives. One step at a time, guys, and do one day at a time. We have got a wonderful life to live and our lives are just beginning, guys. I hope everybody has a wonderful week and we'll chat again soon. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.